I'm Billy White. I'm Ethan King. And this is the Inside Out Archery Podcast. All right, so this is episode five. Actually, this would be episode one. Yeah, 5.1. Yeah, because we recorded for like an hour the other night, which is probably the greatest podcast never listened to now at this point. The amount of lyrical gold and that we dropped, all the nuggets of knowledge in that one are just gone. Gone forever. The greatest podcast that none of you ever got to listen to. So this is 5.1. So episode 5.1 of the Inside Out Archery podcast. So the first thing I want to go over is <clears throat> there is an account that um, we, we talked to. They reached out to us and we spoke with and we want to make sure people understand. There's another account called Inside Out Precision that we actually have no affiliation with. The way Ethan and I kind of came up with uh, Inside Out Archery podcast was we were shooting in the range up in Lancaster, joking about some stuff, Inside Outs and dropping knowledge on each other and kind of came up with, let's do a podcast. We'll call it inside out archery podcast inside outs being a term used in course competitive archery quite a bit. Um, I guess he had some uh, issues with his account though, with other people kind of mimicking it with it saying inside out. And um, when he was out in the field hunting, I guess some of his people thought that somebody started a podcast with his name. So we talked about it and stuff like that. And, guy's super cool if you haven't seen his youtube which he doesn't have a podcast but if you haven't seen his youtube channel inside out precision or his instagram page inside out precision um go check him out because he does a lot of good content he's into growing the sport passing on knowledge he does a lot of bow reviews a lot of product reviews stuff like that so definitely go check that out. i think we're going to have him as a guest here pretty soon we're working out to have on here too so we just want to make sure people understand we're two completely different formats but um, we both had the same goal in mind, and that is to grow sport. And we just like to talk gibberish. But and the logo, and the logo. If, if we could make him understand how many different renditions of the logo I made, <laughs> well, we're going to make another one too. To then land on the one that we have, like, because I made I I made more than what I sent. <clears throat> no, you sent me like twenty. Yeah, and I made and then you more made than more that. than that. And then the one we landed on was like, okay. <laughs> but we have one more, the one that you're using on your uh, cover, I think we're going to switch to. Um, just to clarify things for everybody and stuff like that. But Ethan is helping us get the logo sorted out. And we're still a work in progress. This is our fifth one. So for all 20 people that listen, it's not too big of a deal. No. We appreciate all 20 of you. <laughs> but I do want to get into, there was... A few things I wanted to go over. One of them being, there's a few new products that have been released. Yep. And let's see what we think about these. The first one is not coming out until actually January 22nd, I think. And keep in mind, people, this is not a sponsored podcast. We're going to talk about whatever whatever brand and stuff like that that there is. This isn't. We're not hyping up one brand over another or anything here. But uh, Hamsky released the new their new rest today. Mm-hmm. which I think Hamsky has a pretty awesome business plan going with their rests. Ask me what that is. Go ahead. Ask, ask me what I think their business plan is. Oh gosh. What? I'm glad you asked. 
every year they just shave like 4% more metal off of the rest. Yeah. And they call it a new rest. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how many, you can, they still got a few more years left out of that rest. Nothing's really, I mean, they did add new stuff and they slimmed it down. I mean, they, they did make it better, but yeah, I mean, none of the technology, so to say in the actual functionality of the wrist. No, and of course I'm joking around. They, they, they make a good product. Oh yeah, they they do. They make a fantastic product. They did make a dovetail for your dovetail though. That is a fact. You can now dovetail your dovetail. Well, actually you can't dovetail your dovetail because that dovetail doesn't fit the QAD dovetail, but you will be stacking dovetails. But if you're not dovetailing your dovetail, are you even really dovetailing it? No. Oh. Well, it looks slick. And it looks like it's the same rest for everything. Like, So if you're hunting or if you're doing target competitive stuff, it's the same rest. You're just swapping out the blades and removing the cage. Yep. Which um, is all the other ones are, too. Yeah. Um, except these have the same blade angles on them, where the hunting rest before and the target ones did not have the same blade angles. No, that was just determined by the bolts. Yeah. The bottom of the wrist. That was pretty interesting. Another tidbit that came out is um, Stanislavski. I don't know if you saw that. Stanislavski uh, released a picture with an H on it. A picture of a release close up with an H on it. I only wonder what that can mean. If the R stood for resistance and the T stood for thumb, what could the H stand for? Yeah. Now, I've not seen what they're coming out with, but I assume it's to fit into the Perfects line. My thought is they're discontinuing everything except for the Perfects line, and they're going to have a hinge, a thumb, and a resistance release that all match. Yeah, yeah, I would agree Which with that. is not a bad thing to do. To be a company that has all three that are the exact same, that's pretty interesting. I, I don't agree that i think it's a good thing because i like that sx3 oh i'm not saying yeah i love the sx3 we both have sx3s i'm not agreeing that they got rid of them i don't think they should have but i think it's cool that they have three of the exact same yeah, that is model cool. that's the part i like i don't like that they got rid of the sx3 or that they're getting rid of the sx3 the shoot off i'm not as big a fan of but the sx3 i like that that's a good release yeah yeah i agree um, I agree with everything you just said, Billy White. Thank you, Ethan King. The other cool thing about that, though, is the amount of versatility you get in those releases, too. Three-finger, four-finger. So that part's going to be pretty cool for some people. Yep. But And then the last one, which maybe it's an ugly duckling. Maybe it's going to grow into this beautiful swan one day. But the Chris Perkins release, the executive. The executive. Dope yep. name. It is. I think it has a tuxedo t-shirt. Yep. Which, is, if you've listened to the podcast, you know I'm a big fan of tuxedo t-shirts. The, um, it has a little, I think the one post he did, he had a little bow tie was uh, etched into it. Yep. But it's interesting. A couple of the key features there is they're very proud or very much making it aware that it's a red anodized hook. Um, I think that has to do with Chris. Chris's, uh, um, nationality there, Canadian, which is kind of cool. Big Canada guy. Yeah, it's actually a good looking hook. And then it has this interesting adjustable neck 
that has a quarter inch of movement. And when I say adjustable neck, not like angle, but like straight up and down. Yeah. Which is interesting because with a quarter inch adjustment, the idea is you don't have to move your draw length or your D loop. You don't have to change that out. You don't have to add twists or take twists out of your cables to fine tune your draw length. You can kind of do it right there with the hinge. Yeah. So that goes back to the last episode we were talking about getting your draw length perfect. Mm-hmm. That that if you choose to use that release, then that would just be another tool on your tool belt for getting your draw length perfect. It would. I am curious to see one and play with one and, and move it in and out and see how smooth or how that's going to actually work in the long run. But it is an interesting idea. And I think they're right. That's the first I've ever heard of anything like that ever being done. Yeah, that's the first besides. Yeah, I mean, that's the first. Uh, My fear, which I've not played with one. I don't know how they're built on the inside. I don't know how the adjustment system exactly works because I've not played with one. But my fear is that it'll get dirt down in there. And then you're going to go to adjust it and it's going to be locked up. Mm, get all grimy fear. and dirty and gritty. Yeah, that's my fear. It could. It could very well. Or it could also very well. Maybe it polishes itself as you slide it in and out. That's my fear from a technician standpoint, having to work on that thing. Engineering. Especially because on the trailer, people bring you stuff all the time and expect for you to know how to fix it. Yeah. So yeah, you need to play uh, with it more than I do. But as yeah. soon as I seen that adjustment, that was the first thing that came to my head: is how many of these are we going to have to take apart to clean out? Right. What I hope they did is put a little O-ring in there to keep dirt out. Yeah, it is curious. I'm um, looking at the design, but it is. I mean, it is unique. And I mean, he's he won a lot with it yesterday, playing with the prototypes and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, he's done well with it. But he can also take a some random customer's bow, some range arrows, and shoot the steel targets as well out at Lancaster. So, and she's been shooting a rendition of that release a little over a year. Oh, way longer than that. You think it's been a couple? Well, I guess so. They've probably been going over it for the last couple of years. Uh. I know for at least since 2018 was the first time that I saw him shooting one. Really? Uh, I think that's kind of where it started. Uh, nice. Around. Oh, the other the other feature this has, kind of like the Scott Ascent does, is it has two two moons in it, two sears. Yep. Or just trick, uh, trick, um, to adjust travel and click. So I think Carter actually started that with their two moon. They actually, uh, they did, ha- yeah, moon. they did have something called a two moon, didn't they? Yeah, I think or Carter started that, and then, yeah, I'm pretty sure they they're the ones that started it, and then Scott did it, and now Trueball has that one. Might be the way the future's going for people that want click or no click, so they can fine tune it. I do like that. I don't shoot a click when I shoot a back tension, but it is cool. Yeah, I, I play with it on my Ascent forefinger, and uh, it really wasn't too bad to get it to where, where it didn't click and then to be able to get the clicks to adjust where you want them to. I mean, if you wanted it to go off click and go off as the click goes off, you could. 
or you could make it so cold it'll never go off and you can sit there and hold it all day. But it is pretty neat, the versatility, which you can do that with other releases. I'm not saying it has to have the double click, but it's pretty neat that you can get a click, draw to a click, and then keep pulling it and it just won't go off if you're training. Right. Which, which is kind of interesting. Um, I'm pretty sure that one's probably going to have the same thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've not, like I said, I've not gotten to play with one yet. I don't think we have any in stock yet. I don't think so. I don't think we have. I have to check. I mean, we've got. We don't. We don't even have the hamskies in yet. They haven't even been able to get those to us yet. No, I played with the one that PJ did the video on, but yeah. So for anybody calling and asking, um, just so you know, PJ has the only one in Lancaster. That's it. I think the only one is on the demo bow in the video studio pj's cave yep so that's the only one so got a lot of calls today about that oh really it's, oh yeah tons of them want to know if they can pre-order buy them they want to pay for them now uh shops calling want to go ahead and put 15 on order well yeah i honestly don't think we ordered enough but probably not um let's see so other than that, we got some other interesting questions. I am curious. I'm going to ask two polls, I think, during this podcast. First one is going to be, what would you, well, I guess, it, I don't know if you can really do it, but I was going to say, which one would you prefer? But you can't really say because we don't know for sure if Stanislavski has that hinge. But if it was a perfect hinge versus the Chris Perkin release, I'd be curious which way some people were leaning toward. Not for any real value other than just curiosity. Yeah, I think Trueball kind of leads the leads the way as far as name goes. You see far more people shooting Trueball products, I mm -hmm. feel like. So I think it'll have more. I think that release will have more weight as far as uh, a following goes. Yeah. In the photos of the stand, it looks like they're using straight brass in the photo. So that'd be interesting to see a brass one. Oh, uh, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be coated just like their heavy, the heavy metal ones are. Heavy metals. Yeah. It would be neat to see one in brass. And we know it because when we've, uh, well, you took your Dremel and polished one up underneath, it was brass. Yeah. Real pretty light. Yeah. A little talon hook. Yeah. I have your forefinger. I'm just not sending it to you yet. Oh, okay. Appreciate that. Because I know I know you're going to want to shoot it. I've got another one here. And I don't want you to shoot it. No, I'll, I'll pick it up in Lancaster if I have to. I'll be up there next month. Yeah, not long now. No, not long at all. Got my room and stuff today. So with that, we got indoor coming up. But mostly what we you and I have been talking about the last couple of days was it looks like you're going to be shooting a little bit more three than D than you thought you probably were before this year. Yeah. I guess we haven't talked about that on here. Yeah. No, because our last, the, the greatest podcast ever recorded, um, didn't take the app yeah. crashed on us. Yeah. So in previous podcasts, I've talked about how I'm not shooting 3d, but mm -hmm. I think some things have possibly maybe changed a little. Yep. Uh, for good reasons. And yeah, nothing bad. Yeah. So, so with that, so you're in the process of like, so I'm going to go over kind of like what I'm looking at for 3d. I ordered a result 38 
Um, I like that bow for me. It just holds and feels a little bit better with the string angle and stuff. My draw length in the 36 does. The um, Let's see, I got gas strings coming, but I changed it up and we went with 28 strands. Yep. And I got it served for biter asymmetricals, 19 twos. So that's what I'm going to run with, what is it, 30Xs? Yep. And I forget what grain point. 125. Was it 125? Yep. Because we run the same setup. I just can't remember what point it was. And then, uh, was it the Stealth Max? Uh, the uh, Max Hunters. The Max Hunters, that's right. So I've got all that stuff put aside. i got to build those arrows. I'm excited to get that arrow build. I don't know why I'm so excited for that arrow build, but I am. If I really, really like it, I might run the bow through to indoor season two, unless I have the new bow out by then with Elite. But I'm really excited about putting that together with those strings. And I got my, some people have probably seen, if you follow my other Instagram, Billy White Archery, I got an AE Freak Show. I want to put on it and run that for 3D. Go from there. My CB should be here. And I'm going to run, I think I've decided to run the Ultra View, just the regular UV3 yeah, over the uh, XL for 3D. But I did yeah, play with, last night I went to the range and I play with, I'm typically shooting right now a five power clear target lens center drilled with a 10,000th blue fiber in it. And I went to a four power lens last night with a green 19,000th up pin. And it was pretty interesting going back like that. I feel like I went to a larger pin and I went down in magnification but I was telling Ethan that on some of the shots when I was holding, I was holding to a point I was like, wait, is this even going to go off? And I had to let down instead of force myself to shoot it because I just caught myself just letting it cover there and just letting it sit there. Yep. And um, it was quite a good feeling to be able to do that. So I think I'm going to run with it a little more if I really like that setup. I am going to try a 10,000th pin with the four power with the up pin just so that I, I tried both those bases. And I don't have doubt in the back of my mind. But um, I might end up running that for 3D, either 10,000s or 19, but I might run with the up pin with the four power and maybe try the up pin with the five power too. But I like the course I'm on. I liked it a lot. So I got to get with the guys at Ultra VL, order up another UV3 for 3D season to go on my CBE Elevate. And I am going to run a Hamsky peep if I can find one. I'm having a hard time finding an Insight peep right now. I need an Insight peep housing, people. Hit me up. But, and then, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. I'm really excited about the arrow build. Yeah, so 3D bow for me is going to be that the OD green Altus now. Uh, with, with camo limbs. Yeah. So it'll be a freak show, wrist, uh, already have it. Already, my bars are on the way. My weights are on the way. My well, what bars are you mount. running? I'm going to run the. I'm running the Rev X's. I running normally run a thirty and a fourteen, but I got a fifteen to play with for the back this time. Yeah, so I just got the same exact thing. That's going to be that's on my indoor bow. The a thirty inch seven four seven and a fifteen inch seven four seven Conquest. Nice. Uh, so I got the exact same. Exact same ones coming for it. Well, the only reason I didn't get a 14 was I wanted to play with the 15 to see if I like the weight. And whichever one I like, I'm going to order another of the same and swap it out on the other bow. Yeah. Yeah, I just I wanted to 
I just want to have two that I don't have to take anything off of to shoot one or the other. Yeah. I can just pick it up and go shoot it and don't have to take anything off a different bow to do it. So it'll be so those I got those on the way. I got my back bar mount and disconnect on the way. My veins are on the way. Uh, I still have to get uh, the actual shaft, the arrow shafts. Uh, I have the peep, have the sight light, have the scope. Got to find a sight because finding a Excel XP is like trying to find gold in the gold rush after everyone's already been through there. That's anything true ball or anything I saw right now is hard to get. So, but I don't know if that bow is going to be done in time for Foley because I, I, I would already have it if I would have just got a color that they actually offer them in. Mm-hmm. But since it's a color that they don't even offer that bow in and on top of that, a limb color that they don't offer in that bow, it's going to take a little longer. You're going to stand your ground and wait for it, or are you going to change your mind and just get one that's available? No, I'm just going to wait for it. Right on. Uh, so that means I'm probably, which it's not going to affect a whole lot. It's not what I really want to do, but I'll probably end up having to shoot my red bow at the first couple ASAs. Which isn't a big deal, but that's probably what I'll end up having to do. Hmm. Well, I might be in the same boat if I don't get mine here in time. I'm going to have to either take my black one and switch it up, um, change it over to 25s and run it for now. Yeah. So, but I think, I don't know, uh, 30x is, is what I'll shoot. Uh, should be great. Yeah. So, well, I've got that swap on there still, so I could just swap it out and, and tune it to 25s. Yeah, that's true too. That'd be... so that could, that's a benefit to me right there on that one. If I have to, I might just only have to change my pee pipe a little bit and then tune it to some 25s and be done. Yeah, see that I don't have a I don't have a Hamsky peep in my red bow because I don't shoot a clarifier indoors, so I just shoot a straight up peep uh, with no interchangeable apertures or anything so i think in preparation for possibly having to shoot that bow for 3d i think i'm just going to go ahead and stick a hamsky peep in it now like possibly even tonight you just swap out uh apertures until yeah and just put a just put an aperture in with no clarifier in it and then if i end up having to shoot it for 3d season nice well, that might be the way to go right now. I mean, at least the one thing I have is I'm familiar with this bow because the same one I pretty much ran for the last 3D season. Right. So at least I'll be there because I lent out my teal bow um, to somebody. So they've still got that until their bow comes in. And if they're in the same boat I am, I'm not going to rip it from them. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, so they have a bow to shoot too until theirs comes in. Right. So I might just have to redo the black one. Uh, well, my teal bow is still being lent out, but hey, I just pull up analytics. I'm just cutting real quick. We have United States, Portugal, Canada, Norway, and Colombia have listened. Nice people. That's pretty cool. Thank you, everybody. So, yeah, 3D will be interesting. I'm excited about it. I'm excited if you're going to be shooting too. 
it'll be I'll be helping out the trailer when I'm not shooting and it would be a good time the um here's an important topic though that I think really needs to be brought up well I got to before before we start into a topic mm-hmm. if anyone listening which I know it's not a ton of people but there is people listening that obviously don't work at Lancaster already yeah if you want a job apply because they're hiring another person to work on the trailer. Ooh, that's a good point. So you do a lot of traveling. You're not home much. Mm-mm. If you don't live in Pennsylvania, you're going to have to relocate here. But it's a good job. It's a great company to work for. It is. So if you want to work in the archery industry and be in a great company and you don't mind to travel, and when I say you don't mind to travel, I'm talking you're going to be gone a hundred plus days a year. Mm-hmm. Then apply, and you get and you'll come work with me, Turnpike Mike, and Billy White. Yeah, come on, you got to be cool, but you don't have to be awesome. We'll make you awesome. But Love seriously, though, Ethan is right. It's yeah, you. If you want something that's pretty awesome, great opportunity to travel, and be involved in the archery industry, meet a lot of people, have a lot of fun and learn even more than you already know. You can't beat it. And I'll tell you this, the company is been incredible to work for in the short time I've been there. And Ethan, it had, we, we've both had this discussion multiple times that there's been situations for us where like, I never knew that a company would do this for somebody. Yep. It's pretty crazy, but all right. So we'll turn back around. There's, there's my shameless plug for, for that. I liked it. No, that was well done. We might even get, you know, of the 20 people listening, one of them might even apply. Yeah, maybe. That would be awesome. Well, we know it's not my mom because analytics say nobody has listened to our podcast from the age of 60 and over. Not to call my mom out, but mm -hmm. if you listen to this and you apply because of this, since I was the first one to mention it, uh, put me down as the referral so I get the referral bonus. Oh, yeah. Good, good point. Good point. Um, All right. So we'll switch back over now. The... One thing I wanted to ask you, this is, I don't feel like, because shooting the bows without stabilizers on first, putting them up to help fine tune some things afterward, I find my bars pretty much always in the, in the same spot in the same angle. It doesn't matter if I'm shooting field or indoor or 3D. Do you do anything different with your bars for going to 3D from indoor? Uh, I, I have had bows that... I feel like I've shot better indoors because I can kind of set the stabilizers up a little different than I can't than I can for 3D because and I'm not, I'm not talking about changing weight. I'm just talking about like angles. Yeah, and stuff. I'm talking about angles and locations as well because mm-hmm. you know when you're shooting 3D and outdoor and stuff, you have to pay attention to angled shots whether your back bar is going to hit you or not. So I have had setups where yeah, I don't feel like it held as good outside because I wasn't able to put that bar exactly where I wanted it uh, because it would hit me if I uh, kind of, if I angled the boat, you know, if I was aiming down on something. Yeah. But it's not going to be a problem on this bow that I'm shooting because I'm shooting my bow. I'm shooting both my bars off the top hole and my back bar pretty much follows the angle of my arm. So for this bow, I don't foresee there being really an angle change for indoor to outdoor. 
Gotcha. But okay. the flip side of that is like when I shot Victory 39s uh, indoors, I shot a single back bar, a single 15 inch back bar with 28 ounces on it. But for 3D, it would hit me on a down angle shot. So I shot V bars. Uh, gotcha for 3d on that bow just so then on a down angle shot it wouldn't hit me so a completely different bar setup that hold that held roughly the same but yeah so sometimes it does change oh okay that's pretty interesting well don't be afraid to try things either right no you, you got to you don't know if something's gonna work unless you try it and if it doesn't work then well sorry about your luck go back to what you were doing yeah, I tried V bars for about a month or so last year, but just didn't feel right with them. I may eventually visit it again, but well, mine mine was a bastard V bar setup. I had a twelve inch on the right side of the bow coming straight back as tight to the string as I could get it, and then I had a fifteen inch on the left side kicked pretty far out. Oh wow! So it was all it looked like a jungle gym. You but didn't it, have the Tim Gillingham limbo bar. No, I didn't have the limbo bar. I didn't have the windmill out there, but it was pretty effed up looking. But it shot good, too. Nice. Uh, let's see. So that was one question. And then the next question is, and this is very important. We need to know what kind of range snacks people are eating at these tournaments and where they keep it in their stools. It is very important. This is, a, this is vital to the success of everyone's 3D season. A, what food? I need to know if I need to step up my snack game. Mm-hmm. I need to know, you know, if I need to change what I'm putting in my chair, if you got something that sounds better. Or B, if I run out of snacks, who am I coming and finding first? I need to know who my friends really are. Yeah. So some of the things I like to carry, the PB&J little smackers. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Those things are Oh, yeah. Those are delicious. Tremendous. Absolutely. Um, those are a staple. And then what else is there? Those are a big one. Uh, what do they call them? Oh, the Lunchables. Sometimes oh, yeah. I've even done Lunchables. And I might do a protein bar or something like that, too, just depending on the weather. But a lot of times the protein bars have chocolate and stuff just melts, and that gets annoying. Yeah. So you got to be like, careful. It's a very strategic game. It is. You got to make sure you're not going to get something that melts in the heat. But you also don't want to get something that, you know, you don't really like or you're not going to want to eat it. Because honestly, I mean, as stupid as this topic sounds, it's actually decently important because maintaining an energy level while you're shooting is important. It is. So it is important to periodically snack a little bit. And it's super important to drink a lot of water while you're shooting. It is. I don't, we've talked about this. I don't see how I see some guys drinking soda and stuff out there on the ranges when it's like, it's hot and you're shooting and stuff. I got it. I drink water nonstop. I might take a Powerade and a Gatorade too, like a small one. Yeah. And sip on that in between. Cause sometimes I just get tired of drinking water, but I, I've got to drink water. Got to. And you're right. Um, it, it is like, we're, we're wanting to know what people are eating, eating but also there's a reason for it. You're right. Cause you got to maintain certain levels. Yep. You don't want to cramp up either. No, so it's it is important. I feel like my snack game's pretty on point. Uh 
I have a lunch box on the front of my shooting chair that I put one frozen water bottle in to keep everything cold. Mm-hmm. Usually the night before, if we're in a hotel or an Airbnb that has a big enough uh, freezer, I'll sometimes put the whole lunch box in there so it like is already cold. Then I'll put the frozen water bottle in there. I'll put a few of the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in there. Some of the squeeze pouch apple sauces. Sometimes some fruit snacks, depending on how hot it is that weekend. Right. Pistachios. And then sometimes some trail mix with M&M's or uh, like the Reese's Pieces in it. Uh, and that stuff I keep in the cooler so it doesn't melt. But mm. that's, I like that's some my snack game. Yeah, I like some recent pieces. Also, sunflower seeds. I'll do those sometimes. My pouch has a nice little divider. So I can put something in it like pistachios or sunflower seeds. And then I have a back pouch on my release pouch that I'll put the seeds in when I'm a done. A bitch pouch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, I like gummy bears and Sour Patch Kids, too. If I'm taking a candy with me. Yeah, those are two good ones. Yeah, but I'd be curious what everybody else is carrying. What are the kind of snacks and stuff are you guys liking? Let us I, know. I love sunflower seeds, but for whatever reason, I have no impulse control with them, and I put a handful in my mouth, and then I'm too stubborn to spit them out before I, I don't. Shoot. Yeah. So then I was going to ask, do you spit them out or you swallow the whole thing? I end up swallowing the whole shell. Yeah. So then I end up trying to shoot with a big mouthful of them, and. Yeah, so I, I try to steer clear of those on the range. Mm. But That's mainly because of self-control issues. 100%, yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> you can't control yourself around the seed. No, I just love seeds in the mouth. Oh, yeah. This is true. Anyway, let's see. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so tell, us what you're, tell us what everybody, what you're eating, what kind of snacks and stuff you like, kind of drinks you like to take on the range, especially Dude, the 3D said, course. Were you not listening to anything I said? Yeah. I just said. What you just said? Oh, you weren't talking to me. You're talking to them. I was talking to them. I thought you were talking to me, homie. I'm sorry. No. I got all defensive. I got defensive. That's my bad. We need both of us to be on this podcast at the same time. Okay, buddy? I'm, I apologize. Okay. <laughs> so, so, anyway, so that's 3D season. Um, and that's what we're kind of looking forward to now, now that you're going to be shooting it as well. No, I'm still looking forward to indoor season because that's not started yet. Well, that's what I'm getting to. So indoor season, because that's 3D season. So indoor season is you got the Iowa Pro-Am. We've gone over that. And then we have Lancaster. But you don't have any leagues or anything up there right now. No, not really. So how are you trying to keep yourself in shape for the shoots? Well, I haven't gotten to shoot a lot in the last week or so just not felt the best and been super tired but i've been shooting as much as i feel like i can yeah um, so I, i'm i'm not the best to talk about practice regimens because i don't love to practice i love to shoot tournaments and talk to everyone and be there but practicing is not my favorite thing practicing for you is more tinkering and adjusting things yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Playing with that. 
Well, leagues are a good way to do it. I've got a league starting here. There's a place down the road, backwoods, Bozeman, and Siskin, where I do a league in January. So I'll be able to shoot in a league again, which will be nice. You don't have that opportunity right now because I think Lancaster runs a league with. Is it a uh, is it a USA archery based league or is it? I have no idea. I have no idea either. They do so much U.S. archery based stuff. It, I don't understand why. I don't know. It's like. You you run one of the biggest archery tournaments of the year, and it's not USA bar- archery. It's, it's nothing affiliated. So, don't tell me I can't come in here and shoot the winter warm up with USA archery rules. Yeah, like let me come in here and shoot my sixty four pound bow with my twenty sevens, and be happy. Just let me have a smile. Just let me be happy for once. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they do that because Lancaster has no affiliation, no rule. It's not based off of any other. I guess it's because it's the Joad Club that runs. Most oh, of it. probably. So I assume that's why. But yeah, that's a good still, point. Still stupid. Yeah, but there is a way you can get some scores in. I've told you about this, um, Carlos. It has the other podcast, the Blue Line Archery Podcast, and Brad Baker Jr. If you guys don't know who that is really awesome shooter um they had this thing called indoor battle league on facebook where you can put your scores up against other people and stuff which it's not like super pressure i get it but it's a good way to at least add some element of pressure or you know making your shot count every time when you know it's going for score against other people even if it is online but it's pretty cool the way they do it you know you can shoot two practice and you take a picture of that and then you take a picture of your final score with that same target and you post it to that week's thread and they wean out any cheating or douchebaggery and stuff like that, which is cool. They do a good job with all that. And then it's, it's just for bragging rights at the end of the week, but at least you know that that one time you're shooting, it counts for something. So you don't have a whole lot of people up there. Like if there's a range and you need to put pressure on yourself in practice, you know, leagues, but there's other people shooting at your club, then I'm not saying gamble, but make some wagers or do some bets or play with a handicap against somebody. So the indoor battle leagues, they don't shoot for money or anything, do they? No, no. It's bragging bragging rights, yeah. Well, there's another guy on Facebook. His name's Richard Harris who does Archery Abroad. Ah. Uh, And what Archery Abroad is, is you don't shoot a full 30-arrow game. You shoot... I can't remember how many ends it is, so I'm not going to say. Is it like a 450 round or something? No, you shoot uh, three ends per three. Or maybe you do shoot a full game. No, you don't. Anyway, I think you shoot like 18. No. I think you end up shooting like 18 arrows or something. Okay. Something like that. Uh, But what he does is you have an entry fee. He sends you a stamp, so a stamp book, and it'll be like it'll say T and then a number. So that's the number of that of that tournament series. So you pay your entry fee. He mails you stamps. You put a stamp. You hang a target up. You and this is all videoed. You have to video it. You video the target, showing that it's clean with the stamp on it. 
you have to show that the target is at 20 yards. So either whether it's with a tape measure or a rangefinder, and then you and the target have to be in view of the camera the whole time that you're shooting. Okay. So you shoot three arrows, you pick the camera up, you keep the target in the frame the whole time, you walk down there, you show all of them, you score them, you come back, set the camera back up, shoot three more arrows. And I think you shoot nine arrows per video. Hmm. And then at the end of it, he pays out the entry fee. So that's another way. I've signed up for a few, but I always forget to show. I always forget to do it. <laughs> I'll pay the entry. I've, I think I've done it twice. I pay the entry fee. He sends me the stamp, and then I forget until I see that it's like the last night that you can upload videos, and I'm like, crap, in, in no mood to go sit there and video shooting the Vegas round. Set everything up to film yourself, and but everything. he gets a pretty good turnout. You end up. I mean, it's not a crazy entry fee, but. I think like the open class ends up paying out like two or three hundred dollars every time. That's cool. It's class based and everything. Yeah. Nice. So it's yeah, yeah. He does multiple different classes. Uh so it's pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. Yeah, his I'm looking at seven point nine thousand followers. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that I don't know how it didn't take off more than it did. He's been doing it for a few years, six uh, years. He created this. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool concept, and the way that he does it and explains it all, it really does weed out cheaters, because you have to show that you're at twenty yards. The target face has to be clean when you start. The and you have to keep it in frame the whole time, so you know, someone can't run up, stick three arrows in the target for you, and you walk up there and video it. So. That's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. That is pretty cool. Well, there's two options right there that you can do online on Facebook and put yourself under a little pressure and have some fun with some other people. So that's cool. There's always a way to do it. And like I said, even at your local club, um, the way I do leagues, when I run leagues, to say you have 20 people in a league even, I try and do it like kind of like peer group. I don't do handicaps or classes. Say we have 20 people. We do 10 week long. It's running, running league. 10 weeks. Everyone puts their entry fees in. Each week you pay a league fee. A certain amount goes to a pot, a certain amount that goes to a club. Yep. This way we're paying out each group at the end of the season. Right. You take your first three-week scores, and we take the average and put people in groups of like five based off their averages. And then you're competing against those people the rest of the season. So you have like A, B, C, D groups. Yeah, and, you can, and you can watch everybody improve. Like It doesn't matter if you're shooting a hunting bow or a target rig, if you're old, young, male, female, anything. And you just watch people's scores and stuff improve and go up and just watch those groups move up. Like the D group, the next season are now good enough. Their scores are in a C group and, by, and you know, it moves up the ladder hmm. and you grow a lot of people. And then at the end of the season, each group gets paid out separately. And there's a first, second, third, each group and, and you pay out a lot of money. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I've, I've always done leagues like that and they've worked out really well. That's the kind of leagues we're doing around here. But if you don't have anything like that, don't have a league. Put pressure on yourself. Call somebody. Maybe shoot against each other, you know, through through FaceTime or send pictures of your target every end to somebody else and compete with them. Do something to put some pressure on yourself. Yeah, I've seen people do that on Instagram, post yeah. a picture of their target every end on their story mm -hmm. uh, to keep them accountable. But 
Yeah. Do something like that. Add some pressure, put an element where, you know, you don't have an hour. You can't be like, Oh, it doesn't count for anything. Make it count. Absolutely. Uh, that's a pretty cool thing. And we did have a pretty cool shout out to um, a guy named Jer- Jeremy Balderrama. Thank you, Jeremy, for uh, his posts on some of the, the social media pages recommending our podcast. Appreciate it, man. That's pretty cool. We've reached a lot more people than we thought we would just starting this and joking around. Yeah. I mean, I was all about starting it and mainly just so, man, you could sit here and bullshit back and forth. Honestly, that's, I mean, uh, yeah, we wanted a format that you and I could just continue to stay in communication and talk and BS. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting that people actually want to listen to the stupid stuff we have to yeah. say and uh, advice. And with that being said, the stupid stuff we want to say, what is the stuff you guys would like for us to talk about? Cause we're happy to go on and on about any topic. We can ramble our way through just about anything. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure we have opinions or advice on something or our way of doing things and stuff like that. So let us know, give us some feedback and don't forget. We have the Instagram page too at inside out archery podcast on Instagram, which is growing. I think we're at like 70 followers. It's getting wild. It's it's waterfalling right now. I went to Walmart yesterday and people were recognizing me. Really? Yeah. They said, are you, are you that guy from inside out archery podcast? I I feel like like you're making that up. Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine if somebody really did do that though, especially not having seen you before. Yeah. Never seen you. Like you smell different when you're awake. What the fudge? (laughs) you're so much more lively when you're not sleeping so since you said fudge is this are we keeping this clean do i need to watch what i'm saying no no okay i didn't think i didn't didn't think we had set boundaries we hadn't that's just the way that came out i was just making sure that i wasn't offending you with my obscene language no i think we both we both dropped some bombs on this already throughout the podcast that we've done. In fact, I think you hit, um, we were making sure people knew that the back wall on your bow did not feel like punching a five pound bag of shit. Yeah. So, yeah. but that's not what it's about. We're just here to spread joy and everything else archery. So 3d indoor, not too much left for this one unless we get it. Oh, you know something else? Hmm. What do you carry around in your pouch with you when you go to shoots? Uh, Tools and stuff. Like I'm kind of like that guy. I think I over prepare and carry stuff in case other people need help. Not just for myself. That probably comes from the army and stuff and, and being over, over packed all the time. So in my, on my person, I have my binoculars, Mm -hmm. my quiver, and my release pouch. So in my release pouch, usually I'll have one release, usually a couple finger slings, even though I don't use finger slings, but for Mm -hmm. some reason I carry them. Uh, Usually some broken knocks, a couple quarters, uh, and a a purple uh, bonus ring (laughs) uh, (laughs) rubber band thing. (laughs) <laughs> purple one yeah purple one uh and then in 
uh, one pouch of my quiver. I have two different size sets of Allen wrenches, a couple ink pens, a couple Sharpies, a couple big loose uh, Allen wrenches to tighten down uh, back bar brackets and adjust those. Uh, a couple of the stubby ones to adjust rests just in case someone's like left and right adjustment bolts too close to their cable guard. Mm -hmm. Have some of the stubby ones just in case I ever have to fix one of those. Yeah. I have some that are cut down even shorter and stubbier just because some of the tolerances on bows are with the rests and stuff. Yeah. So you can get in there. So, and then I have a set of D loop pliers that are also needle nose. Mm -hmm. I usually carry extra D loop of a couple different, types carry extra eclipse extra knocks extra rangefinder sight light batteries and then in my chair i usually have my portable bow press uh extra sight tapes and then one thing i added to my chair this year that i think i'm going to take back out is a stubby three-eighths ratchet and some allen wrench uh sockets for that be carrying around a blowtorch and stuff too yeah so i think but i think i'm gonna take it back out because i found no use for it ah. i needed it one time to do something and then thought i just had to have it in there and then i've not used it since so i think i'm gonna take it back out and just leave it in my bow case okay. in the truck but yeah so that's what i have in mind nice i keep some like my shooter stool i hate like uh, a towel and a hand towel I always carry extra socks and like a t-shirt. I have a raincoat in there, stuff like that. Then I have a, I keep extra little things in there. Like I have a little shrewd container box that has extra little nuts and bolts and screws and stuff in it. Bits and pieces for the bow, accessories for the bow, such as the rest and all that. And my Hamski peep system. And then um, other little odds and ends things, but on my quiver i keep a couple i have torque set and a couple different allen head sets i have a quarter inch by itself uh allen key or same thing for like stabilizer stuff like that for cranking down on bigger things i keep some extra d loop material some serving material i've got our little uh, lighter bro i always keep oh, yeah. the lighter bro on us the lighter bro is incredible if you guys well, have never seen a lighter bro yeah well it's on my persons it's on me it's with me the lighter bro is an incredible little tool that if you are a archery guy or an archery tech, you need to get one. You can find them on Amazon, but it's called a lighter bro. It's a lighter case holder that also has a little like Phillips head poker, a knife and a pair of scissors on it. And it holds your lighter. It's freaking incredible. Um, and then a little, that little Gerber dime. Oh yeah. And I keep some extra, I keep some same thing. I got a couple finger slings in there. Extra release. Some bits and pieces, random stuff, snacks. I don't know. I don't know if anybody carries. I wonder if anybody carries any good Lucky Charm like stuff with them, or because people. I've seen some people when they have stuff hanging all over their quivers. Yeah, I used to carry around the uh, the casing that my grandpa shot his elk with. So mm -hmm. after he shot his elk, I found it on the ground and kept it. Uh, but then I got scared I was going to lose it. So now I just keep it in my nightstand. But I used to carry that in my release pouch. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. It's a good sentimental token right there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd be curious what some other people. I mean, I'm, and I have some stuff hanging on mine too, but it's like I have a little scrubber for like 3D to get the foam off the arrows. Yeah, and I'll keep like a, a tan towel that hangs down. Yeah, I think I have a hand towel hanging off mine, a scrubber, uh, Woody's arrow lube, and uh, then the little range pass card for uh, Fox Harbor. Oh, okay. Yep, that's your little 24-hour range. Yep. That is a pretty sweet concept. Yeah, it is. It's nice. To be able to go there whenever you need to. Like tonight, you came back from shooting, playing around, and we started the podcast. Because you're able to just go there, buzz yourself in, and shoot anytime. Yeah, I actually rolled up on the end of the monthly meeting. Oh, really? Did that yeah. count? Uh, as you As you going? I don't know. I should have asked. I should have asked because I answered their main question and it was who do they talk to at Lancaster to talk about the uh, the foundation donations. Mm. So I answered their main question. It sounds to me like you contributed. I agree. That's what I'm getting out of that. But it was <laughs> the most vehicles I've ever seen there. I think the most I've ever seen there while we were there was three or four. Yeah, I think there was like five or six when I pulled in. Whoa. Yeah, I was like, holy crap, where do I park? Oh, man. It's like a concert. That's what I thought was going on. I didn't know what was going <laughs> Getting on. wild in there. Fox Harbor is an awesome range, though. What? Are, like, I think we talked about, like, the first one. What do they got? They got the indoor range. They got a field course. They have an outdoor yeah. target range. Yeah, so they got an indoor range, a full field course, and then an outdoor target setup. It goes 20 to 100 that's awesome. It's only like three minutes from your apartment, too. Yeah, it's stupid close. I couldn't ask for anything more. Almost so close that you have no excuse not to walk over there or drive over there and shoot. Yeah, it makes it hard. Opportunity, you just got to take it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's part of that motivation. You got to stay motivated. Indoor season's coming up. At least, you know what you could do? You could go there and shoot and do some of these, this indoor battle league or the archery abroad. I've considered buying a cot and putting it in the back room. They do have a fireplace and stuff there, so you can stay warm. Because I'd love to go over there and shoot, take a nap, shoot. It'd be awesome. You got a sheets right down the road so you can get food, come back. Yeah. I mean, not. Really, I mean, I could probably get away with moving out of my apartment, putting all my stuff in a storage unit, and just living there. Just be the groundskeeper. Yeah, I mean, they're not. I mean, I could probably get away with living there for a couple months before anyone caught on. Probably. They've got a kitchen back there too. I think behind that one door. Yeah, I think it stays locked. So I'd probably use sheets. Mm. Uh, and there's a Planet Fitness right down the road too so if you go like you're going to sheets you turn right just like you're going to sheets but you pass it up like a minute down that road is there's a planet fitness so i could go down there and take showers hmm. so if you made it this far in the podcast you've learned how to become a squatter at an archery range like ethan i mean it could work yeah definitely sounds like it could because I would, I'll be honest, it almost sounds like you've thought this out a little bit. Well, I, it has crossed my mind. Not that I would actually do it, but I would, the other day I was like, you know, I could probably get away with living in here. Like you broke down the logistics. 
Well, the Planet Fitness thing, okay, so my dream one day, like, when I retire, hopefully I'm not, like, down now and can't do anything, I want to get a Sprinter van and build it out like a camper and just travel the country and live in it. Okay. And what I would do is have a Planet Fitness membership, and that's where I would go to shower and do my or i don't think you can do laundry there no you can't do laundry yeah. planet fitness. you can just go to a coin operated place yeah, you can go to our, our planet fitness is 24 hours yeah planet fitness is our 24 hours they all of them have showers uh, and it's it's stupid cheap it would end up being cheaper to do that than to go pay for a uh take a shower at like a pilot or a loves every time and there's <laughs> planet fitness is all across the country everywhere so Yep, I have thought it out. But I feel like I'm gonna come back to Lancaster, and in your apartment, it's gonna be a map with like pins where all the Planet Fitnesses are, and like a red string tied around, like where I'm going. Yeah, mapping out your route. Yeah, that's the dream someday. I almost thought about doing it here when I was looking for apartments and couldn't find anything. I was like, maybe this is just the opportunity to just go ahead and get a Sprinter van and live out of it. Just fold the seats down in your Prius. Hey, there's enough. You you're gonna laugh, but there's enough room. Oh yeah, there is. You could easily lay the back seat down and put a twin size uh, mattress back there comfortably. That's wild. Yep. Well, it sounds like you have this all thought out. So maybe on the next podcast we'll find out if Ethan still has an apartment or if he has uh, gone transient on us. Well, now everyone knows the plan, so it's not gonna work. But... Ah. That would be pretty wild to hear you do your podcast from random locations. Uh, but in all honesty, I mean, I would leave before anyone got there in the morning to go to work. And then if I showed up to shoot, you know, that's not out of the normal because I'm there almost every day shooting anyway. And I just stay till everyone leaves. Well, sounds like you got it worked out. I mean, <laughs> until the, until the random person comes in at like two o'clock in the morning to shoot, and I'm just there asleep. But you know, right? You're like guy on the couch. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I guess we'll find out next time. So until the next podcast, y'all keep them flying. And we'll talk to you later. Deuces. <laughs>